The countdown is on to fight time. This is Big Fight Weekend. Now, here is your host, TJ Reeves. Yes, ring the bell on another weekend of fisticuffs as we head for Crawford and Khan. It is part of Big Fight Weekend. Thrilled to be with you. Uh, Happy Easter for those of you that believe. Also, happy Passover and happy boxing on this third weekend of April as Terrence Bud Crawford gets set to defend his WBO welterweight championship for the third time going against the former light welterweight champion of the world, Amir Khan, a known commodity uh, really uh, worldwide in Europe and in the United States. This one at Madison Square Garden, Saturday night, ESPN pay-per-view. And we have much to discuss along with it. I've got special guests coming up. Some insight from a guy that's been covering Terrence Crawford's entire professional career and obviously his championship run. Tony Boone is his name. He'll be with me straight ahead. Tony writes for the Omaha World Herald a newspaper, has tremendous insight. He will be on scene this weekend in New York at the Garden as uh, Crawford from Nebraska uh, fights yet again on the big stage. He's fought at the Garden before. He's fought in Las Vegas before. He's had these big-time title fights in Nebraska uh, as well, uh, including his most recent one uh, that was back last October uh, with Jose Benavides. So in any event, Crawford back in action again, third defense of the WBO Uh, welterweight championship Uh, also uh, Crawford look has been in world title fight after world title fight in fact this will be his 13th world championship fight going back to his initial victory over Ricky Burns uh, for the lightweight championship the WBO lightweight championship back in 2014 that at 130 pounds now we have or 135 pounds now we moved all the way up to 147 actually his second defense of the WBO welterweight belt that he won off of Jeff Horn uh, back a couple of years ago actually June of 2018 uh, fought Jose Benavides in October of 2018 now this one is taking a little while to fight uh, Khan and that will be the case uh, coming on Saturday evening so anyway Tony Boone will have insight in into Terrence Crawford, his training. I want to put it to him about how spectacular does Crawford have to be in this fight if he wants the likes of Errol Spence, Keith Thurman, Sean Porter. Uh, Again, all of those guys are represented by Heyman uh, Promotions and Premier Boxing Champions, so it's going to be difficult because Crawford's with top rank. Bob Arum in ESPN deal, but still, Crawford wants to create some leverage. He's going to have to do so. Uh, by winning and winning impressively in this fight. That will help him for down the road later this year for 2020, uh, etc. Later on on the podcast, we'll not only be talking Crawford Khan, but we'll also talk about the heavyweight picture with Marquise Johns, bigfightweekend.com, uh, the lead writer of that site overseas, our, our sister website as part of this podcast. Marquise will be on here not only talking about that pay-per-view main event at Madison Square Garden, but also what's going on with the Anthony Joshua scheduled June 1st World Heavyweight Championship fight at the same location at the Garden in New York City where uh, earlier this week we learned that his opponent, Jarrell Big Baby Miller, uh, had tested positive for banned substance, cannot get licensed in New York. There will be no Jarrell Miller-Anthony Joshua fight. And there's serious concerns heading to the weekend. Who's that opponent going to be, and is this going to be scrapped altogether? Uh, might they be regrouping as we speak, Eddie Hearn and, Eddie Hearn and Matchroom Boxing, 
about whether or not they might fight later in the summer. Again, there's just speculation out there that this date at the Garden may go away and a different opponent may be announced soon and that fight might be back in the UK, not necessarily at Wembley Stadium, but the speculation is that maybe a July or August fight for Joshua might be coming against another opponent. They'll save the coming to America, if you will, for the big showdown at the Garden, uh, maybe for a later date. Then again, they may come up with an opponent this weekend. And Marquise has actually got a suggestion on who that replacement opponent might be. Of course, I continue to point out that Deontay Wilder will fight two weeks before that uh, against Dominic Brazil, also in New York, in Brooklyn. That one at the Barclays Center on May the 18th. And if Wilder is spectacular in that fight, it puts even more pressure on a possible unification fight as Wilder has the WBC belt and Anthony Joshua has all the other belts, the WBA, the uh, the IBF, and the WBO titles. So uh, will there be extra pressure on, particularly if this fight date goes away with Anthony Joshua? There may be even more pressure on to do a deal uh, with Deontay Wilder. Anyway, we'll talk with Marquise about all that, get his thoughts on Crawford and Khan, and he'll promote what's going on with BigFightWeekend.com as well. And one more guest will be joining me from uh, one of our sponsors, Touch Vodka. Uh, they do a fantastic job, an up-and-coming brand uh, in the adult beverage world uh, based in Florida, but now being distributed in other uh, states and areas. Ron Bartholomew will be back with me. He's a humongous fight fan. He's ready to talk some Crawford Con, and he's going to tell you more about what Nirvana Spirits and Touch Vodka are up to, not just this weekend, but in the near future. So again, you can find out more right now by going to touchvodka.com, but Ron will be with me later on here in the program. So again, we've got a lot on the plate, whether we're talking about welterweights, whether we're talking about heavyweights, and all else that's going to be happening. Uh, of course, last weekend, it was the lightweight championship fight where Vasali Lomachenko uh, won impressively. An easy knockout over Anthony Krola. Uh, splatted uh, Krola with a, with a big right hand uh, to the temple. And Krola unable to continue uh, in the fourth round of that world lightweight championship fight. And I'll even get into a little bit of the discussion uh, here on this podcast about do we you know continue that discussion about whether or not uh, Lomachenko deserves that pound-for-pound best boxing title. Does Terrence Crawford not have a bigger case with all of his wins? Certainly Canelo Alvarez defending the middleweight championship coming on May the 4th in a couple of weeks also has that argument, and we haven't even gotten to the heavyweights like Joshua and Wilder, of course. The pound-for-pound thing is supposed to be non-heavyweight. It's supposed to give more attention to the guys that aren't at the biggest draw at the biggest level. So we'll see. That'll be part of the debate coming up. But let's get to it. Uh, We've got lots of conversation uh, to get to with our guest. A reminder, too, we've got another sponsor here as part of Big Fight Weekend. That's Vivid Seats and the Vivid Seats mobile app. If you are looking for tickets uh, for this showdown that is coming up between Crawford and Khan at Madison Square Garden, we're looking forward to seeing what's going to happen in this one. Get your tickets through Vivid Seats. And again, utilize the promo code BIGFIGHT10 to take 10% off your order with Vivid Seats. Big Fight 10 will get you 10% off if you're a new customer, up to $50 uh, through Vivid Seats and their mobile app. So for seats at the Garden, we're also going to be talking about the Danny Garcia, Adrian Granados, uh, essentially welterweight eliminator fight that's on Fox coming Saturday night. Marquise Johnson and I'll be talking about that. That one is at the new, newly named Dignity Health Sports Park, Carson, California, the former StubHub Center. 
uh, where we've seen some recent fights. Sean Porter's recent title fight with Ugas in the welterweight division was there at the at the Dignity Health uh, Sports Park. That's the same thing where this Garcia Granados main event is the Fox Premier Boxing Champion Show on Saturday night. Get your tickets, Vivid Seats, the Vivid Seats mobile app. Uh, there again, the promo code Big Fight Ten. We'll take 10% off with that one. So, again, we'll talk a little more about Garcia and Granados later on the show. Straight ahead, lots of Crawford and Khan. Let's roll our sleeves up. Let's get into a big-time preview here of this welterweight championship fight at the Garden as we roll on as part of Big Fight Weekend. Yes, I do need some insight and some knowledge, especially as it relates to Terrence Crawford and What's going to be happening here with this world welterweight title fight at Madison Square Garden, the hallowed arena, the famed arena, the world's most famous arena, uh, as he gets ready to fight Amir Khan coming up Saturday night, ESPN pay-per-view, and Tony Boone is gracious to be back with me from the Omaha World Herald. I loved having him on before when we talked Bud Crawford in a previous title defense here on Big Fight Weekend. See, I, I always joke with people, Tony, you should have sandbagged. You should have done a poor interview because then I don't text you. I don't call you. I don't buy you. did so well. I got to have you back on the podcast. Good to have you. That's great. And uh, it's one thing I enjoy talking about is talking about Crawford and boxing. So I think we're good. Okay, so we talked with you before about he is obviously a big deal in Omaha. You cover him for the Omaha World Herald. And now the proof of that, and he's fought big fights before in Las Vegas. He's fought even big fights there in Omaha. But now to go fight at Madison Square Garden. He did fight in the theater, in what's now the Hulu Theater, a few years ago. Uh, But, I mean, obviously this shows the magnitude of who he is, that ESPN is putting it on pay-per-view expensively against Amir Khan here. What do you you make of this? Because this is a big deal, not only for Crawford, his fans, for Omaha, the the whole way around, right? Well, it is a big deal, and it's nice to see that, you know, he's finally getting an opportunity to go against a named fighter in Amir Khan. Uh, this is the kind of fight that Crawford's wanted, uh, you know, for the last few years. And for whatever reason, uh, part of it was what weight class he was in. Part of it is the politics of boxing. Uh, top rank just hasn't been able to make this kind of fight for him. Uh, he did get in the garden in the main arena for the Felix Diaz fight, but that was against opponents that was known in the New York area because he lived there, but but not really outside of it. Uh, unless you followed, you know, boxing and knew that he was a former gold medalist. But, you know, Khan's certainly a name that in the boxing circles people have known since 2004 when he was Olympic silver medalist. Um, I personally have wanted to see this fight uh, for more than 10 years uh, since Crawford turned pro, uh, just because I knew the ages and weights could work out at some point that these guys would fight. Now, I'd have to admit at that point that uh, when I was thinking about it back then that I thought that maybe Amir would be the top guy in the world and that Crawford would be, you know, a rising champion uh being ready to challenge him, and it's kind of worked out the other way around, where Crawford is the guy who's now seen among the pound-for-pound pound elite, and it's Amir trying to get back to that status, you know, after a couple of setbacks in his career. But still a big fight for Crawford. Um, it, it, it hopefully will lead for more fights to him if he's successful this weekend. But, uh, you know, credit to top rank for going out and doing the right thing and getting him a big name for this fight. I know one of the things you wrote earlier in the week for the Omaha World-Herald is, is he at his peak, Terrence Crawford, has he peaked yet? And has he has he already? I mean, he's only he's going to be 32 later this year. Let's don't make him out to be ancient. But I'd love to have mm-hmm. more from you on what your theories and in talking with his his team, his strength coach, etc. About are, are we still in the best days of Bud Crawford? What do you think? 
Well, I think there are two parts to that question. Uh, first is, is Crawford as a fighter, and second is Crawford as just an athlete and, and his training regimen. Uh, you know, he's fought at 132 pounds when he was an amateur, and he was still fighting at 135 when he fought for a world title. And at that point, he was really struggling to make 135. And I think uh, HBO, when it had uh, Crawford on its telecast, did a pretty good job in one of their two days uh, episodes in, in showing, you know, what he struggled to do uh, to get down to 135 for that final uh, title defense. Uh, which gave him the lineal title at, at, at 135 uh, when he fought Ray Beltran, you know. But this was a guy that really couldn't do a lot of weight training and really couldn't do a lot of adding on to uh, what his frame was at that time or else he just wasn't going to make it down to 135 anymore. Um, he, he started to grow in that process a little bit when he went to 140. Uh, but about the same time the Beltran fight came around, his strength and conditioning coach, whose name is Jamie Belt, and uh, he worked here uh, for the program that I cover in, in Omaha, the Division One program, the University of Nebraska at Omaha, and then went on to to work for the Nebraska football team uh, for the last few years, was away from him. So he didn't really get to work with Crawford uh, with strength and conditioning uh, in his 140s because his job at Nebraska didn't allow him to do that. Uh, he was there when Mike Riley was the football coach at Nebraska. He got let go. Jamie became a free agent again and teamed back up with Crawford. And now Crawford's getting into that weight training part uh, of his regimen that he's never really had a part of before, or at least not to this level, as he's moved into to the 147-pound division. And I think that we're still seeing Crawford kind of develop as a, an athlete uh, in that perspective. And as far as Crawford's game goes, uh, I think anybody that watched him fight in the Gamboa fight and really saw him uh, break out that southpaw style in, in, against an elite fighter and then has watched him progress um, as he's gone along, he's getting better and better. So I think we're seeing Crawford grow as a fighter at the same time we're seeing Crawford develop as an athlete. And so, yeah, I think there's a chance the best days may still be ahead and it may take an elite opponent on the other side for us to really see it. 34th fight, uh, the 35th one coming, 34th fight was won last October. Uh, so it, it would have, everything follows that he would be in and around his prime with that number of fights and with the age. As we talk with Tony Boone of the Omaha World Herald, you can follow him, by the way, on Twitter at Boone. O-W-H is his Twitter handle. Covering Terrence Crawford, he'll be in New York at Madison Square Garden for this world uh, welterweight showdown with Amir Khan uh, that is coming up. Uh, Just speak to this again. I know you get asked this. I'm sure frequently we asked you before, but for the audience that's hearing us here, he's a huge star everywhere now. Been on HBO, as you mentioned, been featured as a main event fighter. But he is a rock star in and around Omaha. Tell tell us more about what you've told me before about how big a deal he is in and around Nebraska and Omaha specifically. Well, Crawford, uh, you know, came up to the amateurs here in Omaha. Uh, boxing isn't, uh, uh, you know, a hot. <laughs> this isn't a hotbed for boxing by any <laughs> means. Uh, there there are guys in the past that that have gone on to do some nice things as pro. Nothing on the world class level. Uh, Crawford, from the first time I saw him, you know, you could tell that he was a different fighter and there was ever going to be a champion that came out of Omaha that he was going to be the guy. Now, I don't know at that point that we thought we were talking pound for pound elite, but we certainly thought, you know, world class level title, title challenger, you know, eventual champion, you know, at some point in his career. And, uh, you know, he kind of burst on the scene when he got on the HBO. We've tried to do our part as a newspaper to explain along the lines, you know, 
this doesn't just happen here. He is a transcendent fighter that is, you know, a once in a generation, if not a once in a lifetime guy, you know, for this area. So please understand and grasp this as we go along. And I think Omaha kind of has bought into it, you know, as, as time has rolled on. I think him having fights here in Omaha and people being able to see him perform in person, not just on, you know, the big stage that HBO and, and now ESPN has provided him, you know, it's kind of helped out a little bit. And you're right. We're at the point now where he is a big deal in Omaha. The thing is, Crawford has not changed. He doesn't go around Omaha with an entourage. He doesn't go around Omaha, you know, with a security force. You know, he'll roll to Walmart and buy dog food just like <laughs> you and I would. Uh, because I this it. is Omaha and this is his home. Uh, and maybe he wouldn't be able to do that in other places. Uh, uh, the one thing he does do is now he does get away from Omaha for training camp. Uh, he bought a place out in Colorado Springs after they had started to go out there for training. He likes the altitude. He likes the solitude. And he and his camp uh, go tuck themselves away there, you know, for a few weeks uh, leading up to each fight, which I think gives the, him a chance to both uh, hone his skills and, and to also get in the right place mentally uh, for when these fights come. And, and so far, what we've seen on fight night from Terrence Crawford, you know, he just gets at a level that, that no one else uh, around here has ever gotten to. Uh, both uh, physically and and mentally uh the guy is the ultimate competitor we've seen that in everything he's ever done he does celebrity things around here where you know he'll compete in like a celebrity basketball type game and will be upset not only if he doesn't win but also if he is not the star so uh <laughs> this is the guy that just operates at, at that level and, and if you get a chance uh Go read the uh, Sports Illustrated article uh, that Greg Bishop wrote that just came out. Uh, you know, Greg and I got together for uh, a cup of coffee here when he was in town just to talk about Crawford and his backstory. I was kind of helping him, you know, knowing that he was going to try to paint the entire Crawford picture in, in one uh, in one fell swoop. And uh, I had to explain to him, he, he was telling me a story about Crawford going out on Halloween and having to go back to a guy's house who was playing cornhole in the front yard just because, A, he wanted to try that game, and then they were going to play until Crawford ended up beating the people <laughs> who had been playing it all along. That, that is who that guy is, and that's why you see him the way he is on, on fight night because he is the ultimate competitor, and uh, you know, competition and winning more so is, is what really drives him. Love it. And somehow I think they may have been playing for a little more than Halloween candy at the end of it because he's the he's that kind of competitor on that. Great stories from Tony Boone. And again, Greg Bishop uh, is the guy that has written the Sports Illustrated uh, uh, column about that. But again, we're plugging you into what Tony Boone has been writing because he has been cro- covering Terrence Crawford, what, the better part of the last five years, ten years or more of his rise. His reign right now is going on about four years and 11 previous title defenses. So again, uh, proven commodity, huge star in that division. That leads us to the next thing. I've asked this of other guests in and around with other fights and other situations. We know that there's an unbeaten Errol Spence. We know there's an unbeaten Keith Thurman. We know there's a Sean Porter, a Manny Pacquiao lurking. They are all with another promotion, not with top rank. They're with Premier Boxing champions. So in order to make yourself obviously more valuable and have more leverage, there's almost the need that you got to be spectacular. Are we putting too much on this? Does he need to be spectacular in this win over Khan? Dominant, if not knock him out early to increase the leverage when all those fighters that I listed are with another promotion and he's trying to force some kind of unification against one of them? Well, does he need to be dominant? I don't know if needs the right word. Does he want to? Absolutely. And if he is, then it certainly helps his cause. Yep. I think a pretty good argument can be made just on, on what Khan's done with his career and the name that he brings. And, and, and I'm going to go ahead and say, you know, what everybody already knows, you know, the guy's chin is suspect and everybody expects that Crawford will eventually find it. 
Um, but, but the fact of the matter is, uh, if you look at the other guys that the other welterweights have fought so far this year, Tom is the most accomplished of any of their opponents. And that's even including Mikey Garcia, because I, I think you have to take a little bit away from the fact that Mikey Garcia moved up two weight classes and really was not competitive in that fight with Errol Spence. Not at it's all. It's a good win for Spence. Not at all. You're absolutely right. Yeah, it's a good win for Spence, and I like Mikey Garcia as a fighter. It's just one of those you bit off more than you can chew, almost like when Khan moved up to fight Canelo. You know, uh, you know, big props for having the cojones to, to do that. But at the same time, we all, we all saw how that turned out. You take a right hand, and they have to pick you up with a spatula is the trade-off. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and I'm not sure in the long run which is the worst loss. Is it worse to take one punch in a fight that you – seem to be competitive in and be asleep in the midway point of it or is it better to go through what mikey went through and go through the frustration of 12 straight rounds to understand that you know what you're really not on that level in this weight class i'm not sure which and when you look at it it is a worse loss but i'm going to go ahead and say that i think con uh because of what he's done and the fact that he hasn't lost at welterweight and uh you know really no one has outboxed him over 12 rounds although uh, Lamont Peterson did get a controversial decision over him at one time. Um, I do think that he is a credible opponent and someone that Crawford's going to have to work to get past. And uh, I really hope that at the end of it, once he does, that uh, you know he gets the credit he deserves and you know hopefully eventually gets one of those other unification mouths that he wants so badly. We'll see if that's the case. A few more moments, moments here with Tony Boone. Love the insight he's giving us on the Terrence Crawford upcoming title defense Saturday night. Uh, that will be against Amir Khan ESPN pay-per-view. Again, we need to clarify, as I have already uh, here a couple of times, it's not on the ESPN Plus app. This is a separate pay-per-view, local cable operator, direct TV, etc. Has the pay-per-view info and the pricing, uh, etc. And shows you the way that, that Crawford has ascended right now as a star, as they believe this will be a big-time pay-per-view fight against Khan that is, again, a former unified 140-pound champ. So let's talk about him just for a moment. If he has the chance here, moving up in weight to pull the upset, the reason is, or maybe the two reasons are, that Khan could possibly pull the upset? Well, I think, uh, first of all, everyone's going to talk about his hand speed. And uh, Team Crawford seems to think that he has slowed down a little bit. But uh, even if he has, he's still on the the elite side of it, especially at 147. Uh, You know, Khan has been able to do well early in fights. Uh, Crawford is a little bit of a slow starter and part of that's, you know, because he wants to be, he wants to see what his opponent has and be able to adjust and, you know, dictate his game plan from that. So I think there's a chance here that Khan could get out early. And if he could start getting a points lead at some point, then Crawford could be in a situation that he hasn't been in before and has to fight his way back on the scorecards. Obviously the big equalizer would be the power and Khan's chin. But the fact of the matter is that the guy really has been knocked out three times. One of them was in the first minute of the first round against Bradis Prescott. And yep. uh, although it, it did expose him at that point, I would almost say that that's a wash at this point. We're clear past that. It wasn't like he was getting beaten in that fight. That fight hadn't even really gotten started. Uh, and he just caught a big shot early. The second time uh, was against Danny Garcia. And I guess the way that I saw that fight was that Garcia already understood that, like, I'm not going to be able to beat this guy. I'm going to have to knock him out. And just basically, you know, sold out trying to hit the big shot. And Khan, stupidly enough, stood in there and traded with him and eventually got, you know, a big shot landed and never was able to recover. Uh, I think he got out of the first round uh, when he was knocked down and and then was then knocked out in the second. And I'm not talking about the first round of the fight, the first round when he was in trouble. Right. Uh, And the Canelo fight, you know, I, I would say that he argued that he was in it, although the fight was starting to turn in Canelo's way from about the third round on. You probably saw. Canelo was going to be the first guy to beat Khan on the cards if it went to that. 
Uh, but then he landed that right-handed shot that I'm not sure doesn't knock out any welterweight, uh, even one with a, with a bad chin like Khan. So I think there's an argument that can be made that, you know, Crawford may have to outbox Khan. And I, and I think that Crawford, because he's the most gifted fighter as far as having the number of tools in the shed of anybody, I think he can do that. But he may have to work to do that, and that's not something that he's had to do yet. We've yet to get into a Crawford fight into the latter portion of the fight where we're talking about, you know, sixth round on where it, it, it hasn't been decided, or at least the fight wasn't going in that direction. Can Khan stay competitive, you know, into the seventh or eighth? And if he is, and is ahead a little bit, you know, how does Crawford th- then answer? So I think there is a formula there that could be had, but the problem is, you know, nobody's really been able to dictate that against Crawford to this point. Um, if you look at the experts' opinions, and I would be right there with them on this, uh, you know, everything leads to think it'll be Crawford later in the fight you know, by a knockout or technical knockout uh, because he's eventually going to figure Khan out. But, you know, I do think Khan offensively is more gifted uh, than anybody in the Crawford's fought, probably since Gamboa, and he's certainly a lot bigger than Gamboa was. Um, so I think there is a chance there that he can have some success in this fight if anybody can. All right, we'll see what happens again uh, for Bud Crawford. Uh, going back now to the John Molina Jr. fight in December of 2016, he has knocked out or stopped each of the last five opponents. He even got the, the 12th round TKO late in the fight with Jose Benavides. Vitas the last time out in October. All right, so we'll see what happens here. Uh, look into the crystal ball. If Crawford is is victorious, impressive, uninjured, all of those things, all those qualifiers in there, we believe we'll see him again probably in the fall. Give me an educated guess, maybe outright speculation. Do, does he get one of those PBC guys in the ring? Does he have to fight another top-ranked contender somewhere? What do you think is next for Crawford if he wins and wins convincingly and easily here? Well, the safe bet would be to say that he gets another top-ranked guy and probably here in Omaha, but I'm going to take Bob Arum at his word, and he said that if Crawford gets through this, especially if he looks great doing it, then he's going to make a call on Monday to try to get the Spence fight. So I think that we all should uh, take him at his word and give him every bit of an opportunity to try to make that happen. That's the fight that everybody wants to see. You know, they're not that far off as far as having fought around the same time. Calendar-wise, you can match those guys up later in the year if everybody wants to do it. I've just always had a gut feeling that that fight's never going to happen until Spence wants it because Spence always has other options on that side and they can use it to hold Crawford off until whatever. Crawford doesn't have those options and he'll get frustrated on his side, but there's only so much pushing he can do. I think in the press conference yesterday, he even said that we can hold a gun to their head and it's not going to make them take that fight. So uh, if Spence wants to do it and Aram really pushes for it, then I think that there's a chance that that can happen. I hope it's for all of us as boxing fans, as far as, as both the fighters go, they want it too. Um, I hope that that does happen. If not, then we're looking at a guy like Kavalowskis or someone like that probably coming out of the top rank uh, camp. Yep. Everyone will shake their head out, and Crawford will have to swallow hard and go through a title defense uh, just to uh, you know keep things going. Because the main thing is, the, the one bargaining chip that Crawford has is that he has that belt, and he can't let go of it because it'll be easy for Spence and everyone else on that other side to overlook him if for some reason he gives up the title to chase another fight. He's got to remain a champion. He's got to make it a unification bout, and somehow Spence has to want it on the other side more than he wants to defend against any of those guys on the PBC side. That's how that fight would happen. We will see how that part all plays out uh, down the road. The thing that's in front of Terrence Crawford, the guy that's in front of him is Amir Khan. We'll see what happens again coming on Saturday night. Read this man, Tony Boone, Omaha World Herald, does a great job uh, of covering boxing, covering Terrence Crawford. He's written some preview pieces. He'll have some more this weekend. He is headed to New York. I have not seen the forecasts, my friend. I don't know if you're chilling in Omaha. I'm in Florida where it's always sunny. I don't know if it's chilly in New York. Are you going to get a nice spring uh, uh, weekend in New York? Is it going to be a little chilly here? Or what 
what's the deal before the action heats up at the Garden? Well, it probably depends on your definition of nice. Here in Omaha, we had a really rough winter, and we were late getting to the spring. It's been nice here this week, but it's about to turn going into tomorrow. So as I get out of town, it's about to get bad weather here. But I think it's supposed to rain all weekend in New York. Ah. So, uh, you know, it, it won't be an ideal, like, tropical spot to go. But uh, like you said earlier, you know, a, a big event at the Garden is, is a yep. tough uh, thing to beat. And, uh, you know, when you're a guy from Omaha that doesn't get those kind of things around here, you're willing to, to be a part of that any chance it comes sure. along. Well, and I know you were you were at the previous one with Lundy in 2016. That was the Hulu Theater, the theater on the side of it. Have you ever been in the big in the big hall for anything, much less a prize fight? Ever been in the Garden? Yeah, I was. I was there for the Felix Diaz fight. There we go. After the Lundy fight, so uh, um, and, it, and it was a big deal. You know, yep. Crawford uh, said time and time again what that meant for him to be able to headline where all the greats have, and I think that's part of the reason why it's back here. Uh, Khan's the same way. Uh, I think he's fought in the Garden before. I know he's fought at Barclays, but I don't know if he's been in main event at Garden. But, you know, he's been at T-Mobile for the Canelo fight. So I think both fighters understand that, uh, you know, they have a chance here to have a marquee fight at the at the biggest place in, in boxing history and uh aram even has gone as far this week as trying to compare it to the welterweight bouts that leonard had with uh both duran and hearns now i don't know if Tom crawford <laughs> lives up to that uh fact of the matter but the fact of the matter is these guys are two of the biggest names in the division and there's always a chance for that happening uh especially if Tom's chin holds up then crawford might have to find a way sure. you know to go pound out a points win and uh you know because Tom has done what he's done i don't think a points win is a bad result for crawford either well we always say this and you know this we don't know it could end early it could be exciting it could be close it's the theater uh, of the unexpected a lot of times in boxing one punch can change everything in boxing and we're definitely going to be locked in on Crawford Con on the pay-per-view Saturday night through ESPN and again Tony Boone writing it up for the Omaha World Herald thank you gracious with your time I know you're traveling you're going to New York we'll be reading if you let me I always say this if you let me bother you later I would love to bother you later to talk some more boxing and Terrence Crawford you were great here on the Big Fight Weekend podcast Tony thank you you bet I say let's do it again Big Fight Weekend brought to you in part by Vivid Seats and their mobile app check out the seating selection at the Garden for Crawford Con or maybe even on the left coast this Garcia Granados main event at the Dignity Health Sports Park in Carson, California. Uh, that main event coming on Fox Saturday night. If you're looking for the best seats around ringside, the lower level, check out Vivid Seats. Use the promo code BIGFIGHT10 and save 10%. If you're a new customer, save 10% with the promo code BIGFIGHT10 up to $50. Enjoy that savings through Vivid Seats and the Vivid Seats mobile app. We're back on Big Fight Weekend. Now, here's your host, T.J. Reeves. Continue rolling along. Again, the main event for ESPN's pay-per-view is Bud Crawford. Terrence Crawford putting his version of the World Welterweight Championship on the line, the WBO World World Welterweight title on the line. Amir Khan, former junior uh, welterweight champion, 140-pound unified champion. Uh, in the ring here to mix it up um, and here to mix it up with me. I love the insight from BigFightWeekend.com. He oversees the site. He is the uh, the main writer, the purveyor of that site. He is Marquise Johns, kind of my wingman on the Big Fight Weekend podcast. All right, good to be back with you here as we get ready in the preview mode uh, for this one. So uh, I spent some time talking with our last guest, Tony Boone of the Omaha World Herald. Great insight on Crawford. 
uh, for this matchup with Khan. Let's dive right in here. How intrigued are you for this title fight coming on Saturday night, Madison Square Garden, Marquise? I'm pretty good, TJ, in regards to this fight. I'm actually looking forward to it. Uh, we, we've been saying, and we, we always toss around in the boxing community, the, the whole saying, fight of the year. And we all fought that earlier this year with uh, Spence Garcia, and that didn't turn out to be so well. Not so much. <laughs> so, But this is the next big thing in regards to it, until we hear anything else later on down the line with Pacquiao Furman by, Furman by chance. But I'm actually looking forward to this fight. This card itself, for a top-ranked card, and for the past five or six cards they've been showing lately, with the exception of uh, Lomachenko destroying Corolla uh, last Friday, they have been putting on some very, very lackluster cards. But with this one, because it's pay-per-view, and if you only have $69.95, you can watch some good <laughs> boxing. And this is actually a good card. I'm okay, so two one. points. The first one, are you that much intrigued because you believe that Amir Khan has something in the tank? Or you're that intrigued because you want to see Crawford spectacularly knock him out, similar to what Canelo did? I've been looking at it too, in regards to it. I'm looking to see if Crawford can continue his dominance because if he beats Khan, this will be the toughest test, as everyone's been saying, for Crawford. And this will pretty much all but cement him being the pound-for-pound pound champion in regards to it. Well, and you mentioned the price on pay-per-view. This is the first time that Crawford has been a headliner on pay-per-view. He's fought on HBO before, obviously. He's fought on the ESPN Plus app. Uh, as well, this is not the app. This is pay additional money, as we keep stressing here for this pay-per-view. How much concern is there that this might be a dud? That this might be one where a lot of the public goes, eh? Because I, I've got other, I've got other big-time fights that I might want to invest in here over the next six weeks, three months, whatever. In regards to the sales, I don't think it's going to match what Spence Garcia did, where that one got to about the 300, 350 range per reports. I do think, from a boxing standpoint, though, if if you're if you're a hardcore boxing fan, you've been waiting for this fight for a while. So those folks are buying this fight all right off the top. It's the casuals who are like, "Well, who's Amir Khan? Oh, the guy that got get by Canelo. Oh, and Crawford. Like, oh, well, he hasn't really fought anybody that I can remember." So. I can see what they're saying in regards to that fight where I wouldn't want to spend 70 bucks on it. And truth be told, it's 70 bucks. I can't sell that to you either. But I am looking forward to it just because I do think they are they are with ESPN on this one at least. They, they've made a valiant effort, top rank style, to make you look for this fight. And there's been promotion for it everywhere. If you go to the top rank webpage, the first thing you see is subscribe to the fight. And that's been like that for the last three days. So they're putting they're putting the effort out there. We'll just see if actually people will respond to it. Well, sure. And ESPN obviously is a humongous entity worldwide. They're pushing it. It's a big deal for them. Saturday night, it's a pay-per-view through them with Tom Brank. We'll see. Okay, so same kind of question to you. Khan obviously lost that fight, one-punch knockout. A fight that he was, look, he was battling Canelo Alvarez in May of 2016 until splat with the big right hand in the sixth round. It was over. Since that time now, Khan has fought a couple of times, uh, has won by TKO in the first round with Phil LaGreco in April of last year, won last year over Sammy Vargas um, in a 12-round decision. Do you give him a realistic chance of not just hanging in, but maybe having a chance to win this fight, Marquise, against Crawford? Anything is possible, TJ, but I'm don't really see him winning this fight. I do see him keeping up with Crawford, however, because everyone's making it out to be where uh, Crawford's just going to go in and destroy him, essentially. And the way that Crawford's fights are set up, as we know, Crawford isn't exactly the fastest starter with boxing events. I'll give you a good example of the fight last time with Benavides. And 
I do see Crawford at some point figuring out, and probably more than likely, and it's going to be the unpopular decision, TJ, I think Crawford's going to win this fight, but it's going to win it on points more than anything else. I don't think he's actually going to knock Khan out based on what I'm getting. All right, so another another point that we keep making, and I know I make these a lot on different podcasts with different situations, but I think it's warranted again here. And I asked Tony Boone the same thing, so I'd love to have your answer because you don't know what Boone's answer was to the same kind of question. The other champions are obviously PBC fighters, premier boxing champions, different promotion. They are in line to fight each other in some combination, whether that be Spence fighting Sean Porter, which is being talked about. That's the... uh, that, that, that one is on the front burner. Also, Keith Thurman, potentially, as you mentioned, fighting Manny Pacquiao for the WBA title. All four of those guys, PBC fighters. So Crawford's kind of on the outside looking in. Doesn't it necessitate he's got to be impressive, if not spectacular, to gain or at least keep whatever leverage he has, keep the pressure on to get a, a mega fight with one of those other guys? In other words, if he is not impressive, if he is lackluster, that I think the the belief is the PBC guys just fight each other and say, oh well, for you know, forget forget a big payday with you. There is no big payday with you. You weren't spectacular. How much of that do you buy, Marquise? What do you think? I do buy a bit of that actually. If I think now that looking back on it, because if Crawford doesn't knock out Khan, which is the expected the expected result for this fight per se, it does make him the odd man out essentially with with, with the four names you mentioned and with essentially with Porter fighting Spence reportedly and Pacquiao fighting Furman reportedly. And with, with those two, with those two matches already being said, uh, Crawford has to sit and wait on to see who's going to be on the outside of those two fights to, to get back into the picture. If Crawford knocks out Khan, he can pretty much say that, hey, I, I'm the top guy here. Which one of you four wants a piece of this? And hopefully one of them will respond. Well, and and in fairness, they stripped uh, Crawford of the WBC belt uh, that he held. He ended up uh, he ended up defeating Jeff Horn. Who had who had beaten Manny Pacquiao? He's beaten Benavides now recently. So uh, let's let's see here at 147 if he does dispose of Amir Khan Saturday night Madison Square Garden. There's just something different about Madison Square Garden, and we're going to come back around to that here in the next subject in a couple of moments. But um, let's see again. This is a foray into pay per view for Terence Crawford, and we'll see how well that's received as well on Saturday evening. Again, Marquise Johns with me. He is writing all about these fights on BigFightWeekend.com, about the fights for this weekend here and and anything that's coming up, the news, historical perspective, all of it. You can find it on BigFightWeekend.com, and we encourage you as well to follow Marquise at Week Sauce Radio. Love the moniker, at Week Sauce Radio. All right, Mr. Week Sauce, Uh, we got a Week Sauce situation with uh, Anthony Joshua's opponent, as we now know, Jarrell Big Baby Miller tested positive. Banned substance, cannot get licensed in New York. That was no surprise after the news came out. So that fight is off. The date is still there. The venue, Madison Square Garden, is still there. Opponent TBD, to be determined. You uh, have pointed out on BigFightWeekend.com that you have a solution with an American fighter by the name of Michael Hunter. Why him? And why does this make sense to you that he could stand in six weeks from now and fight Anthony Joshua? Michael Michael Hunter, which I've wrote about in regards to it at BigFightWeekend.com, seems to be the most logical choice because essentially what he can do in place of Miller, who tested positive for you know, TJ, you know it's bad when you test positive for a drug that the Olympics have already banned a decade ago. <laughs> so, 
Uh, to, it, it has a big long name. It has a code number, right? But it's essentially a weight loss drug. It's, it's a banned substance to help with rapid weight loss. Do I have that right? Yeah, it's a variation of a stack or two speed endurance. Uh, it's one of those pills where you, on the black market, where if you take too much of it, it, it kind of stops your heart. And that's why even uh, the, the, the World Anti-Doping Agency said, yep. uh, this isn't clinically tested and this isn't very good for you. And, you know, they let almost everything go. But so... <laughs> With that, with Miller being being out of this fight, which is insane because it's a six point five million dollar payday, unreal, and a, a mission, in a mission for this fight, he's 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 tossed out of this. So the names that they've been, they've been throwing around immediately, the WBA minor belt holders already stepped up and said, "Hey, I want a piece of this because for them it's a payday. I make sense." Manuel Char and Joy Joyce of the uh, Char holds the WBA regular minor title, and Joy Joyce holds the uh, WBA gold title. I don't. TJ, I'd be lying to you if I knew what they're like. The, really the WBA meant. is like the McDonald's menu these days with trying to uh, with hamburgers, trying to figure out which burger and which title all in the same organization. So I'm with you. But you don't believe that either one of those are sellable. You believe Michael Hunter is sellable. Why? Michael Hunter is sellable in regards to this fight because as a mayor, as, as, as the, the storyline for this fight with Miller Joshua from day one, the press conferences and everything that they had going and Miller was playing a very good villain for it was. Anthony Joshua is going to be this undefeated uh, British star that's going to come over to America, fight at Madison Square Garden, and beat up the obnoxious New York American in, in his own turf. That was the game plan and the storyline for this fight. Now that Miller's out of it, what they can do is the next best thing is fill in uh, Michael Hunter, a 2012 Olympian for the United States coming from Vegas, fit him into that spot on short notice, another time, because he's done this before. He did this in the fight with uh, Ustinov, where he beat him actually, on that he was unfavored to win that one as well. And style-wise, it makes it actually difficult for Joshua to match up with Hunter. But in regards to the fight itself, it would be actually pretty good a good replacement for it, to where they can just pretty much plug and play the same well, storyline. What about where, okay? So I got you. We got we pull, we plug in another American, but you're it's a delicate it's a delicate balancing act because obviously the biggest payday is Deontay Wilder. That's what's hanging out there as the pot of gold. So so Eddie Hearn. And and matchroom boxing and DAZN, they don't want to take a real risk here. And so isn't aren't the fans going to lose out? The fans that have paid for this already, the fans that are looking to to watch this on DAZN, they're probably gonna get a lesser fighter than Michael Hunter. That's the realistic truth, because you don't want to take a risk that Hunter could could land the big punch that he has. I, I it's a shame, but isn't that what we're really talking about? Don't take a serious risk here with this fight? That's more than likely the case, but I do think if they are going to pull the strings on this, and, and Hearn has mentioned on several interviews and occasions where this, this fight's going to go on one way or another, so more than likely we're going to get a lesser opponent just because of the time constraints and the, because of the time prep and training. But I'm hoping if they're going to do this right, at least make it something competitive that we can all at least watch and not just be just the usual, uh, the prior names of the we never heard about the hat. Right, or somebody new. The, Somebody new. Somebody new. Fresh blood. Hey, well, you wrote earlier this week on BigFightWeekend.com about Luis Ortiz, and we saw Ortiz push Deontay Wilder last year, rocked him before he got knocked out himself. Ortiz won another heavyweight bout uh, earlier this year by decision. It seemed logical that Ortiz might be a future opponent in a rematch with Wilder, but the Ortiz, the Ortiz-Joshua angle doesn't seem to make sense. Why? What's the deal with Ortiz? Uh, Ortiz himself has already mentioned, uh, his camp has pretty much mentioned that they wanted more time to prep, prep, prep for the fight. So they're pretty much all but saying, hey, we're not interested in this, this occasion. So with, with him out of it, you get to go next man up. <laughs> they, and- they don't understand. You're not in a position to dictate that. The date is the date. Joshua's the champ. 
you can't just suddenly decide to fight this on July 13th. You got to you got to fight the date that the champ yeah, is ready the, to fight and it's still 6 weeks that you would have to get in great shape and be ready. TJ, imagine the pull that you would have to have to be like, you know what? There's a championship fight on the line on June 1st, on June 1st, and you had to be ready for it on June 1st. And you're just like, you know what? Uh, I just want to wait till Labor Day. Yeah. I mean, imagine it's the ability for this insanity. Generally, it's not how it works for the, uh, for the contenders. What is the chance, as remote that it might be, that we get into next week or the week after? They can't find an opponent. It's a month out. And Eddie Hearn says, you know what? It is better just at the moment to scrap this and to come back another time for the first fight in the United States. We'll let Joshua continue to train. We'll find another opponent for him maybe in July or August in London where he will sell out immediately. Is that a 5% chance, a 3% chance, a 0% chance because he's absolutely going to fight June 1st at the Garden? What say you? If anything, it's a 0% chance because Eddie Hearns is not going to just give the money up on this point to take an L for uh, this lack of fight that's taking place at Madison Square Garden. So from, in regards to that, I really do think they're going to find somebody. If it's, not, if it's not Hunter and if it's not any of the other WBA characters of Char Joyce, it'll probably more likely just be an, uh, Joshua's sparring partner and we get to pay for that for the main event on the zone <laughs> on June 1st. <laughs> If that's the case. And I still maintain, as we talk with Marquise Johns here as part of Big Fight Weekend, Deontay Wilder's fighting two weeks before against Dominique Brazil. And if he is spectacular in that fight, here goes this theme again. If he knocks him out quickly and knocks him out early, then if it is not a big-time opponent for Anthony Joshua, then no matter what happens, even if it's an early knockout on June 1st, I don't think anybody really cares. They might have cared some if it was Big Baby Miller, but, I mean, I don't know even if it's Michael Hunter that anybody cares. That's the interesting intrigue here, that if Wilder goes first and wins big, now that the Miller angle is out of the fight, I, I don't know what they can do to make the Joshua fight be as impressive or more impressive. That's that's my my thought on that. Let's just see what happens on the timeline, right? Pretty much. I don't know in regards to what, what only because there's just so much lack of time left on the clock for this fight. I really don't know if they can find anybody that, Honestly, we'll we'll want to pull pull the pull the trigger on this in regards to just taking yeah. it up because no because at the end of the day no at the end of the day TJ it all comes down to if they're athletes and they're boxers they all have egos they don't want to be the, the the door number two on this fight and a lot of them don't and I, I do understand mm-hmm. but yep. yeah I mean if, if if you were telling me it's for a championship fight and I just gotta bite the bullet and just fight and, and well especially eat I mean you have to think whoever they're going to utilize is going to get depending on if they have a name a couple million three million four million probably the payday of their life to fight Joshua. Let's and it's not as if it's fighting two weeks from now. It's fighting six weeks from now at the moment. So let's see if that's the case and and how it sorts out with the heavyweights. All right, one more for you because you're going to be previewing everything throughout the weekend, including Danny Swift Garcia, uh, Garcia in action with Adrian Granados. That is the Fox main event simultaneous to the undercard of Crawford Khan on pay per view is you've got Swift and Granados fighting on Fox in a welterweight kind of eliminator. What's what's the intrigue? What's the storyline here between these two in that in that PBC show? In regards to the PBC show, it's actually a pretty decent car for three Fox TV. What they're doing with it is it's a lot of uh, fights that are crossroad fights where Garcia is facing Granados. Pretty much the loser of that is pretty much all but out the welterweight picture. And the next one, that one moves up to more than likely some form of title eliminator for that division again for another mandatory order down the line. Uh, also on that fight card as well is uh, the, uh, Andy Ruiz Jr. in a heavyweight bout against uh, 
Alexander Dimitrico, who's doing the same thing. Both of them have common opponents of where they both lost to Joseph Parker in the heavyweight division, so they're both trying to climb out the ranks as well. So it's, it's a lot of those fights in regards to it. It's actually a pretty decent card in regards, in regards to uh, PBC Saturday night. Yeah, and Danny Garcia again, uh, 34 and 2, the two losses to Keith Thurman back about three years ago and also to Sean Porter. And so, really, it's the last. I mean, Granados is what's the, what's the Granados record here? Is uh, twenty and six. Twenty and six. And so two. He doesn't have much hope, uh, if at all. Even if he wins this, of getting in the title picture, but he absolutely doesn't if he loses one more time. And for Garcia, he's taking a bit of a risk here because a third loss, he's got zero leverage in this. So this truly is like an eliminator fight here and if, if swift garcia is impressive then maybe he's on the radar for later this year or early next year for one of these other guys spence porter keith thurman pacquiao at least that's the hope uh coming for that one so again that's the fox main event coming up marquise did we cover it all is there anything else that we need to know about heading into this weekend besides uh trying to to figure out how impressive uh bud crawford can or can't be in his pay-per-view main event in regards to that card, only on that card itself, keep an eye out for Telefimo Lopez. If he does win, uh, you will see another Fortnite dance. I have no money in regards to what dance it'll be, but it should be interesting. <laughs> as well as Freddie Roach has been pretty adamant about uh, not uh, his his fighter, Christopher Diaz, knocking out Shakir, uh, Shakir Stevenson in regards to their fight as well in the undercard. It's actually a pretty intriguing card on Crawford's end of it for the pay-per-view. And Freddie Roach has been all about saying that th- th- this fight's a mismatch and they misjudged him. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out. So that's interesting. Uh, the prelims, again, are going to be on ESPN2, I should say that. So we've got the Fox show, the PBC, PBC show on Saturday night in the United States is going to be on Big Fox, not on the cable channel. ESPN2 will have the undercard, as uh, Marquise was mentioning, Shakur Stevenson, Christopher Diaz, a 10-round featherweight bout, um, uh, Teofimo Lopez, Eddie uh, Tati, Tati. Uh, Tati and, uh, and Lopez is a 12-round lightweight fight. Those are the two biggest co-features, if you will, underneath Crawford and Khan, which will be the pay-per-view uh, coming on Saturday evening for that fight. I, I got to believe, though, that Fox will do everything they can to have Garcia and Granados in the ring probably by 9.30 Eastern time because the Crawford Con is not going to go off before 11 Eastern time. They're not going to start that one before 11 Eastern time. You want to be out of the way if you're Fox before the Crawford fight gets going. We'll see. They're not consulting us, Marquise, you and me, on the, on the scheduling and the network TV decision, but you got to believe that's what's more than likely going to happen. They, they, have to be on before, they have to be on with both those shows before midnight because they don't want to have at least anything else. If last weekend has taught them in Minneapolis where they, the Quill and Truex main event went to a no contest at 1.31 Eastern oh, time in the God. morning, that they don't want to do that ever again. So if anything else, they won't put the swing bout on before the main event either. So we'll see what PBC does on Saturday night with the, this Garcia's card. But this should be done before the local late, late local news. All right. We'll find out um, here what happens in these different showdowns. And again, we encourage you to check out BigFightWeekend.com. Marquise Johns will have everything with news, with updates. If Joshua gets an opponent, what happens in this Crawford Con showdown? Is it maybe an upset of Danny Garcia that ruins him as a title contender in the welterweight division once and for all? Read all about it at BigFightWeekend.com. Follow Marquise at Week Sauce Radio. Week Sauce Radio on Twitter. Find the Big Fight Weekend Facebook page to find out more as well. Like us on Facebook. And, of course, thank you, sir, for being with me on the Big Fight Weekend podcast, Marquise. Thanks, TJ. Looking forward to the fights as always. 
We're getting ready for Terrence Crawford and his title defense with Amir Khan pay-per-view, Madison Square Garden, Saturday night. It is part of Big Fight Weekend and the preview podcast. Let's call in uh, right now. I love the insight from this man, the president of Fat Dog Spirits and Touch Vodka, as well as Nirvana Spirits. I I love Ron Bartholomew's insight on everything, but in particular on boxing. It has been a little bit since we've had a chance to chat. First of all, how are you? And we got Bud Crawford in a pay-per-view fight this weekend. You getting amped up for this? We could we could next for a better matchup, man. I'm 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 amped up. I'm ready, and I will be paying uh, to see this at home. <laughs> but it's all worth it. Amir Khan is worth it. I think he's ready to go. It's going to be a good one, man. I, we have been talking before you've come on the podcast. I I don't know. Obviously, ESPN does research. They elected not to leave this, as you know, Ron, on the app, on the ESPN Plus app, which is subscription. They're going big. They're going pay per view. They've got a big price tag on it. I, I don't really know. Does America want to pay for a, a Terrence Crawford headline pay-per-view, $59.95, $69.95, et cetera? What do we think? Is America going to embrace this because it's Khan as the opponent? Well, you know what? We have to look at it from this way. First of all, I'll say yes, that they will embrace it. But not only that, that we have to understand that Amir Khan was at one time a big superstar in, in, in the boxing game. So I think Amir, uh, Crawford fighting Amir Khan will draw and have people to spend the fifty nine ninety five. If you go on ESPN right now, I think it's maybe the second tab. Um, the, right. The, the pay-per-view, they, they're asking for you to purchase it right there. So you can't really go on ESPN without seeing it. And usually you know how it is. Boxing is usually eight, nine uh, options down, and now it's like the second option. On, on most of the ESPN mobile apps and, and or websites. So I say yes. I think Crawford will become even a bigger draw to the uh, public. I mean, he's a gigantic draw to boxing fans. We all know and we love Bud. We understand what he brings to the table. He's so crafty. He's so skilled and uh, well-trained. You couldn't ask for a better, better fighter. But I think he'll become a bigger star once he gets past Amir, which won't be easy. But I think the longer it goes, uh, the more he'll figure a mirror out and he'll he'll take care of business. And then we can look forward to him fighting Errol Spence. That's what everybody wants to see. Interesting. Of course, they would like to see him fight Thurman, too. Thurman, I think, is a little bit too big. I'm not sure. Amir Khan is a little bigger than, than Bud. But, hey, uh, Benavidez was bigger than Bud as well. And we saw what happened there. Very true. Uh, great insight that you're giving me. We were talking earlier on the podcast that if he does win, and let's say he wins convincingly, maybe even by knockout, maybe even early, because obviously Canelo Alvarez, who you mentioned bigger, is much bigger yes. and leveled him yes. with one punch. So maybe maybe Crawford is spectacular, knocks him out or stops him early. How much does that help him get that fight with Spence or one of the PBC fighters like Thurman, maybe later this year or next year, or are we just hoping against hope that that's going to happen right now? Ron, what's your opinion? It has to happen. If it doesn't happen, it'll be a travesty. I mean, boxing has had to claw and fight and come to, to be able to come back to the main stage, and the PBC uh, platform has been great. The top-ranked platform has been great. The thing about it is, is that you know these parties have to, to to negotiate together to get these fights done. If not, we're going back. We're going to go backwards again. And boxing has taken too long to get back to where it is right now. I'm very optimistic about um, them being able to get these fights done. I think that Bud will fight anybody. I think he's true to his word. I know there's been some talk at some other fights, him and Spence and um, 
in the background and back rooms at some of the other um, big fights and, and kind of having words with, with each other. But here's the thing. Don't get me wrong. Errol Spence basically demolished Mikey Garcia, but he didn't knock him out. So let's think about that. I mean, you know, we got to, for Errol Spence to be able to fight Bud Crawford, I think Bud Crawford is the true pound-for-pound uh, best boxer in the world right now. Interesting. And I put, All right. And I will put Spence right after that. Well, we saw Lomachenko last weekend, and there's a lot of talk about him. Uh, again, you know, you can make that argument, maybe. Yeah, you can't overlook but, him. I, I, you know what? That's my bad. You, you, well, but still, uh, Crawford, this is Crawford's 13th title fight coming, and he's got a bigger body of work, and Spence doesn't have that many. So in the argument of body of work, number of fights, number of title fights, number of knockouts in title fights, I'm with you that Crawford's got the bigger body of work, and obviously Alvarez or Golovkin have a huge body of work, too, when we're talking about best pound for pound. That's interesting, though, that you got Crawford right up there. Um, I, I yeah, sure. Go ahead. Well, the thing about it is I do. The, the, the thing that gets me about Canelo Alvarez, don't get me wrong, he's an excellent, he's a I mean, superior boxer. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, it's questionable about those fights with the Triple G. Those two fights are very, very questionable. Um, and so, you know, I, I can't say that he won those fights. I just can't. I mean, the, you know, the, it, the judges say he won it, but, I mean, I, I can't go with that. So the, I got to go with what Bud has done. Bud has been flawless in all of, all of his fights, act, all of his activity. Look, he doesn't always get the knockout, but he outclasses you. So no matter who he goes up against, he's outclassing them at the end of the day. So, look, we know that Amir Khan has a lot of power. Let's not forget about that. And if you've seen any of the training up leading up to the fight, he's doing some serious training at, uh, at Cal Berkeley, um, utilizing those facilities at, at his best. And so I'm not going to just overlook him, but I think if, if Amir can't get and shake Crawford up in the early, maybe one, two, three rounds, first through, first through third, I think he's going to be in trouble because what happened, Bud always figures you out. And well, he's just great at that. So that's, I mean, I, I, I don't, you know, I think he's going to come through. I think he's going to do some good crafty work, and let's get the big fights on. Let's get the rest of the fights on. Amen. Amen on that. A few more moments. Ron Bartholomew with Fat Dog Spirits Touch Vodka, one of our sponsors, now for a while on Big Fight Weekend and the Big Fight Weekend podcast. Tell me more about what you have rolling out here in the spring with Touch Vodka uh, I know you've got Touch Vodka Pink. That's something new, Pink yeah. Premium Vodka. Tell me more about what you have going on. Well, the pink has uh, come about because of one of our, um, actually our uh, true CEO. She's kind of in the background, uh, Dr. Ram and Dr. Satna, uh, whom are, are married. And um, Satna came up with the Touch Pink. And it's addressing um, not only, you know, corporate and social responsibility, but it's, it's a way to... Um, address the power of women. Um, and so it was something that she came up with. So we're looking to un- unveil that very, very soon. Um, we don't have the ac- exact date as of now, but the goal is to have that out as our next, next product and um, to join the touch line. We also have um, some citrus flavors that we have. We have grapefruit. We have Valencia orange. We have uh, key lime. We have touch one, which is non-flavored. And we also have what we call touch artisan. It's the original touch that's made from honey. doesn't taste like honey, but made from honey. So what we're working on, Dr. Ram, myself, my uh, partner, Mr. Bodie, Robert Bodie, we're working now to have distribution across the country. 
Um, and we've been in talks, I would say, with probably about four different companies um, all of this week and trying to see how we're going to best pull that off. We're blessed to have Southern Glacier, um, the largest distributor in the world, um, as our distributor in the state of Florida. We have Crew Du Bijou um, distribution here in Louisiana. So it touches in both Florida and Louisiana. And we're looking to bring it to more states in the next 60 to 90 days. Now, what we're going to do is, is hopefully when we have our next um, we have the next big fight weekend. We can talk about how you can get touch online from any state. And so Love I'm working it. on that. Love yeah, it. Got a lot. Got a lot of things going on, man. Thank you. Love it. Yep. Touchvodka.com to stay locked in and on their social media. Same thing. Touch Vodka uh, to find out more. And they've been great to sponsor with us here as part of Big Fight Weekend. And Ron Bartholomew's as big a fight fan as uh, as I know. All right. Before we get out of here. Uh, you're going to be in front of the TV watching this. If Khan has a chance to pull the upset, it's because of why. What do you think? It's because he's bigger. He's naturally bigger. Um, he's strong and he's fast. Um, and I think he would have to catch Bud very early because, like I said, if, if he's in the ring too long with Bud, Bud will figure him out and just go to work on him. It's what he does. Um, but I'm not going to say that Amir doesn't have a chance. You know, anytime you see a fighter training the way that he does, a fighter with a track record, I know he's, he has four defeats. I know Canelo hit him with one big strong hit and knocked him out. But his, his, his body of work, he's had a lot of great work, and he's, he's used to the big fight card. So it's nothing new to him, but I just think that Terrence is um, a step or two above him, and uh, we'll see. It's going to be a great test. It'll be a great test. Well said on all of that. Again, Ron Bartholomew, thank you. Touchvodka.com to find out more. It is all part of Big Fight Weekend. Enjoy the weekend. Happy Easter this weekend, my friend. And let's see what happens with Crawford and Khan, sir. Sounds good. And I just want to say before we go, um, don't forget about my Nirvana Spirits now. uh, Nirvana Spirits is actually a cannabis spirit. Um, It's in vodka and in gin. So Nirvana Vodka, Nirvana Gin. We and of course the date April twentieth is coming up, so better known as four twenty. So we have a ton of parties all over the state of Florida um, that's going on. So look up NirvanaSpirits.com or just look up Nirvana Spirits in the news, and you'll see some press releases as to where those parties are. And hey, touch vodka, Nirvana vodka, Nirvana gin. Go out support us and get it. Um, and look, we got a great fight coming this weekend, Terrence Crawford. Amir Khan, big fight weekend. Everybody enjoy themselves. Until next time, thank you so much. And there he goes, Ron Bartholomew, uh, there as part of Fat Dog Spirits and TouchVodka.com. Check out their product at TouchVodka.com. And Ron, a huge fight fan, anxious to see what happens here with Terrence Crawford and Amir Khan, the 12-round main event WBO welterweight title fight coming on Saturday night, ESPN pay-per-view, probably somewhere around 11.30 Eastern time uh, from the Garden, coming up on Saturday evening on pay-per-view. Anxious to see what happens here, and if Crawford is spectacular, does he get in that mix for a fight with Errol Spence as our guest? Uh, Tony Boone was talking about earlier. Again, you can read more of what Tony has to say all weekend about this one in the Omaha World Herald. My thanks also to Marquise Johns being with me. BigFightWeekend.com. Peruse the site for previews, recaps, and obviously a link to this podcast as well. That reminds me to tell you whether you found us through our friends at RadioInfluence.com. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. 
uh, to, to get this podcast immediately when there is a new one in the preview mode or even in the recap mode. If the fight is big enough, we'll have a recap show as well as part of Big Fight Weekend. So uh, again, subscribe away. The podcast will come automatically to your phone, to your iPad, through iTunes, through Stitcher, through Google Play. And, uh, and all those different outlets. That'll do it here for this edition of Big Fight Weekend. I'm TJ Reeves. Enjoy Crawford versus Khan here as that one comes up Saturday night, Madison Square Garden on ESPN Pay-Per-View. We will be back soon enough with all of these fights coming. Canelo Jacobs in Vegas. Deontay Wilder's heavyweight title defense with Brazil. Will Anthony Joshua still have that fight June 1st uh, at Madison Square Garden? We're going to find out. Whenever there is a big fight, make sure that you're locked into the Big Fight Weekend podcast. And as always, keep it locked in nonstop, seven days a week, 52 weeks out of the year for the best in boxing coverage. It's BigFightWeekend.com. For now, though, enjoy Crawford Con, And thank you for being with us on the podcast here on Big Fight Weekend.